Welcome back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more. Acres, solutions for every field. On this very special National Girls and Women in Sports Day, a ladies' hour here on Sports Nightly. So, of course, we had to bring in one of the queens of college softball, Rhonda Ravel. You are eight days away from uh, kicking off the 2022 season. How's it been going for you guys? We are eight days away. It's been going really well. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard to know how it'll all translate uh, on the field from practice, but here's what I'll tell you, and this is what I've been telling everybody. When you have a team where you're not coaching effort and you're getting to spend all of your energy on focusing on getting better and being strategic about how you're going to advance your team and attack an opponent, um, it's a pretty good, pretty good run there. No doubt about it. You had a pretty young team last year, had a lot of young players, and especially you know, in a weird year with COVID. Does it feel like this team's a little bit older, more experienced, kind of more that they know what they're doing a little bit going into this season? It really does. And the other thing that's, you know, we have a very small freshman class, so very few have had to integrate. So it's really just been continuing on. And, you know, they did a lot of work this summer together as a, as a team and our captains really driving that ship. And so I feel like it's just been, I felt like at, at, towards the end of last year, we were really starting to build and that build has continued. You've been able to have some nice days. Have you been able to be outside much? We've been outside some, and we're looking forward to being outside some next week. You know, if the, if the weather holds, uh, we're going to be out there and hopefully having a full-on scrimmage before we take off for Northern Iowa in the Dome. That's awesome. So let's start pitching in the circle. Is it, you know, when we talked to you in the fall, it was going to be a pitch-by-committee type of thing. Courtney Wallace back again. you got a lot of experience in the circle. How have you seen it? This uh, off-season leading into the season, is it still kind of uh, on the same trajectory where you're going to call in a lot of different arms? You know, we are going to call in a, a lot of different arms, but I don't know if it's so much of pitch by committee as pitch by strategy. Uh -huh. you know, uh, so you're going to see Kaylin Kinney, you're going to see Courtney Wallace, as you mentioned, and Olivia Farrell getting a lion's share of our innings, but we may intentionally do two pitchers or three pitchers a game just so we can give a different look. The hitters have gotten so good in our game that we're really in the sport of softball are getting more baseball-like in how we use our pitching staffs. It's got to be nice to have, uh, you know, some players like that have been around and have been in the circle and, and kind of know what to expect going into it and have been in the battles, right? Right, right. That, that's for sure. I mean, Liv Farrell's a fifth-year senior, so she's seen it all. Let's uh, talk about your hitting lineup now. What, how has that kind of developed, and uh, who you kind of looking to maybe fill that uh, hitting spot of, of Tristan Edwards? That is, Maddie Fowler has been here and talked about. That's kind of a big key is who's going to fill that role. Yeah, you know, I, I think when you have a, a offensive threat, the magnitude of a Tristan Edwards, you don't replace him. Mm -hmm. Other people just step up their game and just do their part. And so because we don't have a lot of young hitters, our hitters have become more mature. So we really anticipate several of them being able to contribute at a higher level this year. So throughout the lineup, you know, if everybody can contribute a little higher level, it'll fill in for hopefully what Tristan was able to do for us offensively. Visiting with uh, Nebraska softball head coach Rhonda Ravel, what about Billy Andrews coming off a of freshman year that she had an all Big Ten and, you know, coming out of the gate so hot? And then how do you manage those expectations? I'm sure a lot of people maybe expect her to, to have another big year as a sophomore. So how do you kind of build on that and, and manage those types of expectations? 
Great question um, that you ask, because I think a lot of times people don't understand that when you have such a successful freshman year, and you know, of course, in our hearts, she was the freshman of the year in the conference, but uh, you know, she was first team all Big Ten as a shortstop, which is no small feat right there as a freshman. But I think a lot of times what, when you have success that early, the pressure that that puts on a young person to not only repeat, but even do better, when they're still just really getting their student-athlete legs under them and building their foundation. So I would say Billy is very competitive. She's a very hard worker. She's not only an excellent softball player, she's also equally as excellent in the classroom. So she has high expectations all the way through. I, I would say the biggest work that we've done, and specifically uh, Diane Miller is her hitting coach, is working to help her manage what's going on internally and how, how to really work, have some tools to stay present in the moment. And we're not in last year. We're not mm -hmm. going to get too far ahead. We're going to play this game right in front of us. What about just the, the rest of the lineup? Is it, do you feel pretty set on it? Is it still a work in progress? I mean, what's that like right now? So we feel pretty set on our infield. Uh, I think that we've got a lot of competition that's exciting uh, in the outfield going on. Cause we, and, and the reason that it's exciting is because people are performing at a high level. Uh, we've got Sid Gray back from her ACL surgery, and she's doing what she does at third base. We have moved Brooke Andrews to the outfield. She's looking pretty darn incredible out there. She had there. a great fall, right? Yeah, she had a great yeah. fall. Well, she was our leading hitter in the fall, so you, you have that kind of offense. It's like, okay, we have, we have two really good offensive people that play third base really well. What are our options? And Brooke, you know, we've put her in the outfield, and she just seems so natural out there. So, you know, you can, you can bet you're going to see some Brooke Andrews in the outfield. Um, Maya Felder has really anchored first base as our grad transfer, and we talked about her last time I was with you. And so it's, you know, it's, it's looking, it's almost set. I think the thing that probably, Jessica, that it will, will alter a little bit is the middle to bottom of our lineup, how we fall in there. Is there any names that have really impressed you, maybe really kind of um, came out and competed and fought and, and maybe have jumped out at you that maybe, maybe not necessarily you didn't expect, but have really um, impressed you this spring? I think it's been more that the growth. So it's not like it surprised me, but I've seen great growth. Let's take Sid Gray, for instance. Here she's coming off an ACL, and she's coming back, and it looks like she hasn't missed a beat. Wow. That, that takes a lot of effort oh, yeah. in a lot of different areas. And then Brooke Andrews, we just talked about her. She is the epitome of a great teammate and a great person to have on your team because she's basically embraced whatever the team needs. And we, we bounce her around at practice. She's here at third base. She's there in the outfield. And she's just like, okay. And when, whenever we move her, she's still performing at such a high level. And so to have that, it just really feels great. And then our middle infield is really, you know, they're really set on rolling some double plays for us with Billy Andrews and Cami Barra. And so I just, I just see a lot of good things. There's a lot of good energy. There's good chemistry to this team. That's always a factor. You know, you, as you roll down through the season, you look back and you go, how many, how many games were we able to pull out because the chemistry was good? And there's usually always a handful.
So I don't know if we'll be able to have you on again before you uh, kick things off uh, in the season opener. What's um, what are you kind of looking for in the in the first weekend as you guys uh, head up to Iowa? The first weekend gives us a great opportunity because of our five games, three of those teams, South Dakota State, Northern Iowa, and Iowa State, were all in postseason last year. So it's not only going to give us a great benchmark of where we are, it's going to give us an opportunity to really leap leap this program to that next level that we're searching and intentful on uh, reaching. And then the other two games, Omaha is a very, they've got a very good pitcher and, and then also Drake has always played tough. So I think we've got a great opportunity ahead of us to go against some competition that if we're able to come out on the right side of the scoreboard, it's going to really give us a boost in our confidence. I can't wait. I love softball season, um, but I, I have to go back and talk to this National Girls and Women in Sports Day. I mean, you've been around this sport for a long time. You yeah. were in the very first Women's College World Series. When you played in that thing, would you have ever imagined where the sport would grow and, and go to where it is today? No. You know, when I played, I was actually thinking about this just the other day, and when I was able to play, I was just so grateful that we played. It didn't even matter if anybody was in the stands, so nobody was even talking about expansion of a stadium because there weren't any stadiums. Wow. You were just grateful to be able to have the opportunity because I'm also of the age that I wasn't even able to play on a girls' team until I was 12 years old, even though as a six-year-old I was ready to go to t-ball or something, and I had to wait. And so just being the fact that we had an opportunity, and then you see it grow, and now I see the young women that are asking for more, and in some cases demanding more, and rightfully so. You know, it's, it's this next generation, it's going to be so thrilling to see how far they can even help move the needle. We've done a lot of great things. We've had, a, in the last 50 years of Title IX, we've moved the needle a lot, but there's more out there, and that's for the younger ones that can take that baton and say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do some, we're going to make something happen here. I know you fought really hard for your sport and, and for women's sports all over, but if you look at kind of just the growth of, you know, the, the record setting numbers on television for softball, but also for volleyball. I mean, we saw attendance records. We saw TV records being shattered last year. Women's yeah. basketball, the same thing. Uh, how proud does that make you that you see that people are tuning in and they want to watch women's sports? Oh, it's here's the thing. I, I've always said to people that haven't even watched in with their own eyes and been in a stadium, if you come to one women's softball game, you'll come back. <laughs> you just got to get them there. Same thing with TV. If you watch one game on television, you'll come back. And there, it's not just softball. It's many, like you said, volleyball, many women's sports, a lot of them just haven't done it. In fact, the demographic shows in the College World Series for softball, the largest population watching, the largest single population is men over the age of 50. Wow. So mm -hmm. we're, it's not just young girls and women watching. Oh, it's a fun game. I mean, and I, I don't think people understand, like you said, until you watch it. And, and it is uh, a lot going on. It moves fast. It is an incredible game to watch. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
how important is that to continue to kind of pave the way? I mean, like you said, it, we still have ways to go, but for these young girls that are watching your athletes, and, you know, Nebraska is such a place, I, I've said it and I'll keep saying it, you know, since I've been here, that the support here for women's sports is really unlike anywhere. It's unmatched in the country, but just you see all the little girls that come to games of all these sports just to continue to kind of help pave the way for mm -hmm. them so that it's even better when they get up, mm -hmm. up to play here, hopefully. Really important. Um, not only important to pave the way in the future and in the present, but to understand why we are positioned so well from a historical perspective. And I'll go back to Dr. Barbara Hibner, who was, was and is my greatest professional mentor. And one of the reasons that she was so good at what she did is she never took no for an answer. Now, there were times that she would ruffle feathers. She always said, Rhonda, pick your battles. Okay, pick your battles because if you're picking the wrong battles, you won't win the war. And for her, the war was really moving the needle for women and opportunities and equal resources and all kind of things. But yet the other thing that she did so well and that we can all take a page out of her wisdom is that she, w she was willing to roll up her sleeves herself and volleyball, put out the chairs or go knocking on doors asking for donations because they wanted to print media guides. Or when softball needed lights, calling, call after call, cold calls. So she could raise, I think it was $100,000 so we could put lights over at our old field at Mabel Lee Hall. Wow. You know, so, so doesn't matter what your title is, willing to do the work and feeling responsible, feeling a responsibility, a gratefulness of what we've gotten to experience where we are now, but a responsibility to make it better for the next group that comes along. You talked about earlier just when you started, there wasn't a, a women's team that you could, a girls team that you could play on until you were 12 years old, but um, you know, nowadays there's so many uh, female athletes that young girls can look up to be as role models, but was there a woman that you really looked up to that inspired you when you were a young athlete growing up? So here's, here's the funny thing. The first athlete that I followed was John Brody, who was the quarterback for the 49ers. That's why I wore number 12, because there wasn't. Right. And then there was the battle of the sexes, tennis. I never played a day of tennis in my life. And it was Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs. And all of a sudden on television, here's a female. And not only is she competing, but she's competing on television against a male and she wins. It's incredible. And I don't think it was rigged. No. And then Adidas, Adidas came out with a shoe, the BJK. And I wore them all the time, even though I never played a day of tennis. So then John Brody was kind of put to the side, and it was all about Billie Jean King. That's amazing. Wow, what a story. Yeah. Well, so many things we could talk to you about, but uh, we appreciate your time. It's a special day, I know, as we uh, kick off the 50th anniversary, or the celebration of the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which you've been a huge part of the growth of women's sports. So we appreciate you taking some time and cannot wait for the uh, 22, 2022 season to get underway next weekend. Thanks, Jessica.